Hello, and welcome back to the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest foxcasting either side of the breach. The journey to Malifaux brings together unlikely allies, odd couples, and strange bedfellows of all descriptions. But few are stranger than Leviticus and Rusty Alice. This pair's unique talents are uniquely useful in Malifaux, but their clandestine work has made them as many enemies as friends. And defeating those enemies sometimes requires sacrifice. Sit back and enjoy this episode's story, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by Captivating Salvage and Logistics once again. Whatever you're looking for, Captivating Salvage and Logistics certainly has it. Rare and hard to find items are our specialty. Whether you're looking for a reverse flange arc phase actuator or a double anonymized necrotizing pseudo drone, we'll get it for you. No questions asked. Sacrifice by Matthew Ritter She was staring at the board with a look of focus that was unusual. Her dark eyes held a pensiveness that was uncommon for them, under that feminine yet tomboyish hairstyle, one he rather appreciated, though he found that such praise had to be doled out carefully. She might take it with bitter aggression, or just blush ever so slightly. He had to admit he also found her volatile nature quite attractive. He'd just have to see how she reacted to being told that one day. What are you smiling at, old man? What am I not seeing? Don't tell me. I'll figure it out. Oh, yes. They were playing a game. That was why she was pensive. In the past, he'd almost had to twist her arm into knots to get her to agree to anything as cerebral as a game of strategy and tactics. More often than not, even when she agreed, it often ended with one of his expensive and quite rare collector boards ruined. So he'd taken to only playing her on simple, easy-to-replace setups. Yet lately, she'd been the one to ask him to play, though not in so many words. She'd stretch out slowly and yawn, fixing him with a steady look and say something like, I'm bored. Is there anything to do around here? And he'd suggest some things. This or that and she'd dismiss his suggestions as even more boring, until he'd suggest a game. She'd ham and whore about how she hated them, but agree. It was an effective ruse. If this hadn't been the fourth time she'd done it, he wouldn't have even noticed. She was young and passionate, and she had so much potential. He wandered idly as he tended to do at least once a day. If she would live to see the things she could become... His thoughts wandered, as they often did in that moment, to if any of them, here on this side of the breach, would live to see what they could become. 
Check. Ha! Bet you didn't see that coming. Leveticus looked down from Alice to the board. It was a fine move, one that a month ago she would never have seen, or at least never made. If she were a better player, he might have actually been in danger. But she was Alice. He considered letting her win, but he had a feeling her dark eyes would see through him somehow. They saw more than his sometimes. He sighed and reached down toward one of the pieces. She had him. She so had him. She'd moved the one that was, uh, what was it called? It moved in a straight line. She knew that. He'd go left, and she'd move this one, and then... And what could he do? Nothing. Unless he... Oh. She resisted putting a finger against her face that'd show her worry. He wasn't going to know that she cared. She was so sick of his smug, old, smug face. Leviticus and his smugness. It was like he was made of smugness. Like right now, the way he was sighing. Like he was disappointed in her. She was the one that was disappointed in him. For being so smug. He was making his move. How did he do that? He always moved right away. Yet, wait. No. Did he really do that? She couldn't help but break into a wide grin, a smile that lit up her face all the way to her eyes. Hmm? You seem pleased, my dear. Her eyes flickered up to him. Pleased? She was going to finally show that smug smugger what Rusty Alice was all about. The headshot. In all things. Sure, gunplay most of all, but anything. She was done with his lessons, how he'd start some innocuous thing and make her feel stupid and then explain what was wrong with her. Wrong with her. And how she showed some horrible flaw in the way she thought about things and he'd use her failure as a lesson for it. It was really dad-like. And she hadn't taken that junk from her actual dad. She wasn't going to take it from him. She didn't bother answering him. The move was swift and brutal. The one piece that did... weird stuff. She moved that one, and she took his piece, the one he'd used to stop the check. But he hadn't noticed her weird moving piece, and now she had his most powerful piece. She had taken it. She couldn't help from saying it. She had to. Boom! Headshot. His hand shifted one of the diagonal shifty piece things. Her voice died, halfway through her triumphant utterance. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Checkmate, I'm afraid, he said with his smuggy smugness. Her mechanical arm lashed out. The pieces on the board scattered all across the workshop. It's about sacrifice, Alice, he said calmly as he worked on the waif underneath him, 
She, or maybe it was a better description at this point, giggled inanely. She had been pretty once, the waif, but now she was hollow, empty as the little girl's doll, which he had to admit was what she was to him now. A doll. It had its own appeal. His waifs never broke any of his game boards. Alice was having none of it, at least at the moment. Shut up! I don't care why I lost. It's a moronic game. It's almost as dumb as these... things. Alice shoved another one of the waifs. It had been listing past her at the time, walking in a slow, drifting haze. It crumpled up on the ground when Alice shoved it, giggled, and pushed itself back up. He'd noticed that Alice did not much like them at all. He didn't blame her. They were physically beautiful specimens of feminine architecture, and they were dressed to show it off. Partially because of his own desires, but also because it was useful for them to be distracting when they were needed. The process of creating them linked him to them, and them to him, forever. It gave him a tether to this world, even from the great beyond. He quickly found that such tethers could be anything, really. A dog, a man, a goat. People thought twice about killing a pretty girl. Why do you even keep these things around? Alice was, as he knew she did quite often, thinking about shooting the one he'd just shoved. He could tell when she thought about shooting someone. Her trigger finger twitched, almost imperceptibly. If she was actually about to shoot someone, her trigger finger and her thumb twitched. The moment after that was generally quite loud, as when she started shooting, she normally didn't stop until her gun was empty. You know why. He didn't bother with anaesthetics. The wave didn't feel anything anymore. He was ruining her pretty face. But he had high hopes for the new transistor. If it worked, he might be able to increase the efficiency of implanted metal limbs by quite a lot. Even if it didn't work, he'd know it didn't work. And that would be progress. Alice was doing her best to ruin this moment, but he was getting better at just letting her... Aliceness run off his back. Oh, right. I do know why you keep them around. Mmm. Alice let her hips slide from one side to the other in a distracting way. He let himself look. What was the point in life if he didn't? That is only one of their uses. Not even the most useful use. Leviticus let the statement roll out. He knew that it would stick with her. Alice would wonder if he was joking or not. It would fester. He'd pay for it later. She'd try and pretend it didn't bother her at first, though. Alice kicked the waif that was trying to get up, keeping her down. Right, right, dirty old man. How does it even work? The, she made quotes with her fingers, most useful use of them? That made him stop. There it was again. She'd never asked before. Not really. She was showing a real interest. He set a tool down and picked up another. He waited to see if Alice would go on a rant or return to beating on the waif. No. Alice's full attention was on him. She really did want to know. Death is not as simple as most people think of it. You've seen me die countless times. Thirty-six, she piped up, the grin on her face obvious. 
He hadn't even kept count. That did sound right, though. And yet here I stand, he continued. Why? Because this is not even a shell, he patted his chest. It is an illusion, a useful illusion, but just an illusion. What is real is far less substantial. My hollow waves, bimbonies, Alice corrected, a nickname she had for them he truly did not care for. Yes, them. They have been linked eternally to me, a connection that takes proximity. But as long as they are near me, it is as if a rubber band connects me to this realm. If I die, the real me goes out to that other place. But if they still live, the band pulls tight. I rock it back. And them the same way, as we all connect to each other. I cannot die as long as one of them is near me and still lives. Alice looked down at the waif beneath her. It had stopped trying to get up, and had an empty smile on its face. If you can call that life. Alice helped it up. It stood for a moment, and started to walk off in that slow, hazy way they all moved. I could possibly do a similar process with you. There was a bit of a sly tone in his voice. I bet you could. Something tells me you'd like that much more than I would. Alice's hands rested on her hips. Her voice kept its humor, but he knew that wasn't the trick to telling if she was truly joking. Her trigger finger didn't twitch. That was the real test. He chuckled softly. I meant tethering us together, so that we could keep each other safe in this realm. Sure you did. She rolled her dark eyes around. You know, Alice, it's all about sacrifice. They sacrificed who they were, but now I am effectively immortal. I gave up my queen to you in the game, and... Alice lifted her robotic arm, the one that had brought her to him, and whispered to it, Oh no, he's still trying to do that teaching moment thing. Should we run? She often treated it as some kind of pet or person. He wondered if in her head it answered. Despite it being my strongest piece, you lost. Sacrifice. You opened yourself up, and all it cost me was a useless piece. He was finally done attaching the transistor. He put down the soldering iron. He just needed to see if it worked. Alice waved one of her mechanized fingers at him. That was rare for her. She mostly used her human hand for gestures of this sort. Useless, but it's the one that can move in all the directions. It's all powerful and stuff. Leviticus reached up and pulled his goggles down. Alice, all pieces are useless. All that matters is the game. He expected some kind of snark from her, but she was quiet at that. He took the momentary blessing to finish his work. He attached a node and a soul stone to the device, and... The hollow waif didn't scream. Its eyes just sort of faded as it twitched, like it was being electrocuted. Soon smoke was coming out of it. He tisked and turned the power back off. Not quite what you wanted to happen, eh? Alice asked. 
you were probably looking for less sizzle and more brizzle jimmy less sizzle more okay pretend i said you were hoping for more sizzle and less drizzle that one works yes yes he waved her off i thought it would work that was my last transistor i'll need more do you wish to go to the machinist market with me? The hollow wave that wasn't on the table bumped into Alice. Would it just be us? She asked him, and Leveticus nodded. Then sure, we haven't had a job in a while, and I am so bored. It'd be nice, especially if you get something nice for old Armalarm here. She patted her own metal appendage. Leveticus stood, and with a cloth he rubbed some of the blood and oil off his hands. Yes, we can get something nice for... Armalarm. Only I can call him that, she warned him with her non-metal arm. The surprise crept into his voice. Your arm is male? He was letting her pull him into her quirkiness, something he tried to avoid. Her cocky grin that made him always feel a touch uneasy spread across her face. Today at least, whatever that meant, he didn't ask. It was for the best. Oh, look at that. What is that? Wonder. Pure wonder. <laughs> look at that one. Is that even legal? What did they do to that rabbit? Poor rabbit. Your sacrifice of science is not in vain. Oh, now that is neat. Can we get one of those? I'd end up burning my face off, most likely. I don't want to do that until I'm all old and uglified like you. Hey, look at that one. Alice's rapid-fire commentary was designed to get under Leviticus's skin. She kept glancing at him to see if it did. He did a good job of pretending he only half heard it, although she knew that it got in there. At least she thought it did. It wasn't like she wanted to upset him, but if she couldn't upset him, then he didn't care. If he didn't care, she let her mind go back to the things on display. Everyone here was breaking the strict Malifaux rules just by being here. It was one of the reasons she liked this place so much. Someone had put a rabbit in some kind of harness that made its heart visible, beating underneath glass while the rabbit screamed. It was cruel. But it was interesting. All of the legal places to be in the city had become so boring. Can you believe that one? Oh wow, this machine looks like it causes ladybirds to just spontaneously combust. Oh, it's killing them with electricity. Listen to that weird zwiop sound it makes when they hit it. Leviticus hadn't said anything he hadn't had to since they went out. He was probably thinking. So was she. She just thought better when she was talking. Also, she knew it made it harder for him to think. He was trying to find a transistor of just the right shape and style. She'd actually seen one some time ago, but she wasn't going to tell him that. She also wasn't sure if she should tell him that they were being followed. Look at this! It's one of those dolls with the little dolls inside it, but it opens itself up and puts itself back together. They're called Matryoshka dolls, he said, while looking over a pile of burned-out bits of machinery. Alice leaned in to look at the doll more closely. 
The figure that had been following them also made the mistake of reaching into the long coat it was wearing. Six deafening booms later, daylight could literally be seen through him. The entire area was filling with the dark gun smoke her revolver produced. Leviticus didn't seem startled in the slightest. Her hand tingled pleasantly, as it always did when she hit her target. She was flipping the revolver open and letting the shells clatter on the ground, reloading as fast as she could because... The spinning disc blade was aimed at her. Her mechanized arm grabbed the hapless salesman still in shell shock from the gun blasts, and he caught it in the shoulder for her. It buried itself to the bone. Don't pull it out and you might live, she shouted, tossing him aside. He probably couldn't hear her right now. She saw the one who threw the spinning blade. He was in a group of six or so, wearing stupid riding cloaks that hid their faces. If he'd bothered using a gun, he might have actually got her. <laughs> well, she was done reloading and... There he went. Leviticus. She let out a sigh as he walked right into the way of her aim. What came next was death. Not the kind of death her gun gave, but real death. Leviticus raised his hand and one of the men in the riding cloaks was... unmade. Alice idly wondered if Leviticus was protecting her. She also, well, she saw a lot of horrible stuff. She'd inflicted a lot of horrible stuff, but what was happening to him? She had to look away. It was a wet, meaty sound, and everything stopped. People weren't running from the commotion anymore. The villains were making no attacks. Everyone could only watch, or not watch, what was happening. Flesh squishing, twisting, unwinding, metal sprouting from skin. It was not long before what had once been a man was now an abomination. Demonic, mechanical, and horrible. She looked back up, and she saw the true fear in the posture of the men. The Vedicus had not been still like everyone else. He had kept approaching them. He touched the one that was about to run. She watched the man Leviticus touch shrivel up, as if everything that resembled life simply left him. At this rate, she was hardly going to get to have any fun. Now the abomination was tearing into what had once been its friends. It leapt after another one that was trying to run now, landing on the man's back. What followed seemed to be the abomination trying to crawl into the man that its body had once known. There was a pulse like smog, that flowed out from Leviticus. Thick and heavy, engulfing everything for a moment. Alice let out a deep sigh. She rested her gun on her shoulder, knowing that when the smoke cleared, and it did, blowing away slowly, no one was standing but Leviticus after that. I thought you normally try to leave one standing to ask questions. Oh well... We should probably get out of here before the watch comes by. That was when she heard the grinding sound. She looked to the one she'd shot. She hadn't noticed at first, but he wasn't bleeding, and the top half of him was... detaching? No. Opening up. Something small and spindly leapt out of it, with a strange gnarled body, and what seemed to be knives for hands and feet. 
It leapt the entire distance straight at her. If the arm she brought up to defend herself hadn't been metal, she'd have probably lost it. Still, it clawed and whiplashed around her mechanical limb, trying to get at the fleshy bits of her. Thankfully, the metal arm also was a great place to brace her gun. She fired close enough to her own face that she was deafened for a moment, and the smoke stung her eyes, clouding her vision. She felt the weight of the thing fall off her arm as she backed up, out of the gun smoke. She watched it fall, lifeless on the ground. Ha! It's like one of those Matryoshka dolls, huh? She aimed her gun, planning to put a few more bullets in it just in case. Alice! It was Leviticus. He shoved her back, getting between her and three more of the things that had crawled out of some of the other seemingly dead men. Several things happened at once that surprised Alice. Leviticus actually putting himself in harm's way for her was top on the list. What followed next wasn't too surprising. The blade sank into him. One went into his eye. Another his neck. The blood spray was bigger than normal. The mechanized elements he used to enhance his body also gave his blood a dramatic, spurty quality. She'd seen him die more times than she could count. Well, thirty-seven now. The way his body hit the ground surprised her. The way it... She looked around. She'd known it, but she hadn't considered it. There were none of his hollow waifs around. He hadn't made any new links, either. Maybe the abomination. Maybe. But she saw it collapse as well, without its master to control it. The little blade creatures continued stabbing Leviticus' corpse. His... She'd found out a long time ago that tears didn't affect her aim much. There weren't a lot of them left after she was done. Things went quiet. She waited. She waited longer. She waited a lot longer than was smart. Long enough that if she waited any longer, she'd probably have to make a lot more bodies before she could get away. Thankfully, the guards that showed up were the smart ones. The ones that took their time and knew to not question people too harshly. Especially in this neighborhood. She did leave, though. The dumb ones would be around soon. Or worse still, the skilled ones. They'd come and clean it up. She walked off into the streets of Malifaux, as the Vetica's body grew cold behind her. Her finger and her thumb twitched. His body would not be the only one that day. The human hand had a lot of very small bones in it. She didn't know the exact number, but she knew that when another hand, one made of metal, squeezed, she could count the amount of snaps she heard. Seven? Hmm. At this point, I think he might not be able to ever use this hand again, don't you? You're crazy! Let him go! We don't know anything! shouted the young red-haired man cowering behind the table, while his friend... A blonde gentleman with a handlebar moustache did his best not to squeal, as Alice was squeezing his hand into dust. I was talking to my arm. And you know what? He agrees. Eight. The next snap was louder than the others, as the blonde man let out a howl, 
That was how she started the night. A lot of questions of a lot of people. She wondered when people in this city would be smart enough to not take the handshake offered by the crazy metal-armed person. Somewhere around her sixth hand and her twentieth shattered bone, she got what she was looking for. A place. In one of the quarantine zones, of course. Crazy men doing crazy things. Rivals of Leviticus. Into the same stuff he was. Probably why they'd killed him. Wanted to go through his lab and... She really should have seen about that. She wondered idly if it was ransacked by now. Looted clean by whoever had killed the man. Well, she was about to show them what for. At first she wasn't sure if she was at the right place. But when she put a hole in one of the men out front, and out came one of those weird tiny knife babies, she was pretty sure that she had the right place. A few more bodies, a few more knife babies, and she burst in through the front door. It had been locked, but she shattered it. The wooden bar attempting to lock it splintered. Her gun was out, and she was ready to... to... The room was completely black. Hello? I'm here to kill you all, she shouted into the darkness. There was a loud thunk. Oh, I can see you're quite ready to do that, said a voice that was slightly modular, a deep baritone drifting over pipes. Possibly some kind of PA system. Obviously male. She thought she recognized it from some business meeting or something Leviticus had been at. Sad, really. It's easy to see of those that come to Malifaux. Some have a spark of greatness about them. As if this land infuses them with it. As if the Soulstones find champions among those foolish enough to come here. But most do not have this spark. Most are like the... A few loud muzzle flashes permeated the dark. As his revolver smoked. The wild shots did little of use other than show her that the thunk was a metal sheet of steel that had dropped over the broken doors, locking her inside. "'Are you quite done?' the baritone voice asked. A few more bullets rang out. Every time it seemed she might stop, they started again. "'So childish. I take back the regret I was about to have for killing you. I'm sorry to say that this room has no way out, and it is quickly filling with a gas that will make breathing impossible.' I wish I could say you would be missed, but I assume most find you as unpleasant as I do. His words were ripped by a scream. The scream was loud, horrible. A scream of true pain and twisting, broken flesh and spirit. She stopped firing to listen. She had no idea what was happening to him, but she hoped it was as painful as it sounded. After that was silence for a while. Alice and her arm spent some time trying to find a way out, but the pitch darkness and metal-enforced doors made things difficult. She also occasionally heard thumps and more screams through the walls when she listened closely. It sounded like someone or something was having fun without her. She leaned against a wall, trying to practice rolling a bullet over her fingers like a coin, which didn't work very well even when she could see. She mostly just dropped a lot of bullets. By the breach! Are you still alive in there? Who wastes that many bullets? Came a familiar voice, as one of the steel shutters lifted up. 
She saw the silhouette first. Why would you waste so much ammo so pointlessly? I thought you were smarter than that. He was covered in blood, and behind him it looked like he'd used the bodies of some of the people who had once called this building home to make a few of his shambling horrific steampunk monstrosities. He was also alive. Leviticus was standing there, with a dumb, smug smile on his dumb, smug face. She wanted to be surprised and glad to see him. Part of her was. But another part of her. The metal fist collided with that smugness a few moments later. There are secrets I have that even you are not privy to. Death would be hard-pressed to truly get a hold on my soul. Plans within plans. That's what you need to stay one move ahead in this world, was his cryptic answer to the question she never seemed to ask. He kept waiting for her to ask, how are you alive? Why aren't you dead? I saw you die. You didn't have any of your bimbos around... What's up with you being dead? Why would you do that to me? But she hadn't. After hitting him, she'd basically just been quiet. Sullen, even. Which wasn't like her. And he hated to admit to himself that it didn't set well with him. Because of that, he found himself talking. Probably more than he would have if she'd asked him questions. It was not easy, of course. But once I was dead, remaining dead seemed the best way to figure out who it was that wanted to kill me. You see, Alice, in the end it all boils down to... Don't say it, Alice warned, her finger twitching. But, he noted, not her thumb. Sacrifice, he finished. Alice let out an annoyed groan as he managed to bring the whole thing back around to the stupid game they'd had. I get it. I get it. Alice squeezed her own head. You sacrificed your most powerful piece to win the game. Great. Woo-hoo. She twirled a finger in the air. Do you plan all this out months in advance or something? I'm getting real tired of it. Also, the ego. You're the most powerful piece on the board. Bleh. Alice, I was never in danger. I had safeguards in place. Killing me will take a lot more than a knife in the eye. He spoke calmly, but he watched her hand carefully. What he was about to say next was dangerous, but true. Then, she said, coaxing him, the piece I put up for sacrifice was you. He watched her finger and thumb twitch. Instead of the quick draw, she very slowly slid her revolver out and set it down between them. She spun her gun around, letting it twirl. He just watched it, wondering if he might have to. She stopped the spin with one finger. So I could have died. Her question was slow. Waited. You were willing 
to let me die. Yes, they were playing for keeps. Alice pushed her revolver off the table. Underneath it, the game board said. Set the board, she told him. I still haven't found all the pieces yet, and... We'll use bullets, then. I don't care. Just set the board. Very well. He did just that, which is when he saw her break into a wide grin. Maybe a bit too wide. Malifaux, huh? Never know who to trust, do ya? I mean, here I was thinking you died saving me, but I was so wrong. Her eyes flashed up at him dangerously, before her fingers rested on one of the pieces. Hey, Levy? He shuddered at that accursed nickname she called him when she was being particularly bratty. Why don't you tell me exactly how it is you came back, huh? Alice made her first opening move. It wasn't a bad one. He considered his next one, and something about her smile made him think he was best keeping that and a few other things secret from her. At least for a week or two, until she'd calmed down. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malibu.